0: What is theological triage? Is this something that is important for the Christian to understand and pursue? How would you interact with someone who differs from you on some doctrinal issue? What is the goal of theological triage and how do we know if we are doing it well? Well, I hope to answer all of those and more in this episode and those to come, if you'll stick around after the music. Don't ask me what I feel about myself. Ask me what I know about God. Ask me what I know about his word. I just realized something he wasn't sleeping on a pillow. He was sleeping on purpose. Something to say I think is important but not essential would be like the inerrancy of scripture. Um, oh wow. And okay. I hold to the inerrancy of scripture. Okay. The title of my sermon tonight is Why Church Nurseries Are Unscriptural and Wrong. And so that's why I have a baby on my hip right here. There is a level of anointing that I believe is gonna invade your homes, invade your sight, invade your senses. Um, That's going to, I literally feel that chains are gonna break off of you. Do you think I'm wrong? Yeah. Yay. Yeah. So am I a bad guy for saying you're wrong? Yeah. I am? Yeah. <laughs> that's not fair. Hey, by the way, you are a slave. If you're not a slave of Christ, You're a slave of sin. You aren't free. Choose your master. Give us some men who know the truth! Well, welcome to Chartology 101, where we examine the principles and application of the Do Theology Chart. If you have been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you would have heard Jeremy and me refer to the chart found at do slash chart. But if you're new, if this is something that's new for you, you're not familiar with it, that we do have a chart that is available as a free PDF download, color, black and white, etc., dootheology.com/slash chart. I encourage you to go look at that and to kind of take in some of the principles and the basic overview of it because that is going to be the main point of discussion moving forward is the concepts for how and why Jeremy and I put that chart together. If you ever listen to Jeremy, there's, he's got a more of a backstory for this process of developing that chart. He put together the first several iterations of it and then he and I worked on it together to bring it to what is its current form. And we believe it's a good chart. But there are some really important principles and things that go that are behind that chart that is the topic of conversation for me in these episodes and uh, those to come. So I do want to begin with just some basic definitions. What is theological triage? If anyone is familiar with this concept, with these principles, that's probably the language that you have heard before. Al Mohler was very instrumental in popularizing that language. Uh, the word triage, of course means to assess something, to prioritize the most important cases. It's often used in the medical field when they're you know, assessing the, the, the critical nature of individual injuries or cases. So if someone is coming in and they're just maybe they're feeling nauseous versus someone that's coming in with a compound fracture, um, there's going to be a different approach to handling those cases based on triaging the patients. Well triage as it applies to theology, refers to discerning the relative weight and importance of various doctrines within Christianity. Are we studying the Bible, there's theology, there's doctrine that's taught in the Word of God. Well, are all of those doctrines of equal weight and importance, or are there some that are more important and more weighty than others? Well, the process of triage is seeking to discern where, uh, where we would fit each of those doctrines if we were to put it, let's say, I don't know, maybe on a chart or something. Another way that this can be described is doctrinal taxonomy. Taxonomy is the science of classifying or categorizing something. So when we're looking at various doctrines and we're trying to discern what the relative weight or importance is, we're doing a taxonomy. We're assigning things, okay, this, we're, we, as we study the scriptures, as we see the way God talks about this particular doctrine— We see that it is a primary issue. We're classifying it as a primary issue. And then the secondary and tertiary, excuse me, uh, etc. So uh, doctrinal taxonomy is that process of classifying those doctrines according to its relative weight and importance. Well, the reality of, of taxonomy and triage is that really every believer actually does this instinctively. We all do. I mean, think about how you would respond to these different scenarios, right? So you got an individual, um, and they're denying the deity of Christ. They reject it. They say, no, Jesus Christ was a nice person. He was a good man. Maybe he was a a good teacher, but he's not God. Or you think of, like, the Jehovah's Witness, who say that, that Jesus Christ is not deity, but he is the greatest of all created angelic beings. Well, how are you going to interact with that individual about that particular doctrinal disagreement. What if someone who uh, comes to you and they they have a different eschatological position than you do? Let's say you don't believe in a pre-tribulational rapture, but that individual does. How are you going to respond to that individual? Are you going to treat them the same way you're treating an individual who denies the deity of Christ, or is there going to be a distinction there? What about someone who listens to classical music, but you prefer something like maybe classic rock? Well, how you interact with these individuals and and how you handle each of those differences of opinion, differences of interpretation of the scriptures, well, the way you respond to those is going to tell me a lot about how you instinctively do theological triage. We should treat the individual who denies the deity of Christ differently than someone who has a different position about the rapture than we do. We should treat someone who has a difference of opinion on the rapture differently than someone who has a different taste in musical style than we do. Well, as we get further into the study, we're going to examine some of these concepts a little bit more closely. We do this instinctively. Well, we want to sharpen those instincts a little bit. The reality of the situation is, is that many people approach this conversation, approach these issues, and they have their instincts, but sometimes our instincts are not always as sharp as they ought to be. Maybe we miscategorize something. Maybe, maybe we identify as something as secondary or tertiary or, you know, there is some individuals even have more columns than that or, or for, further delineations, further taxonomies that say, okay, it's fourth or fifth tier issues. Well, if we're putting things in the wrong place, it's going to have an impact upon how we live out the Christian faith. And so we want to do more than just be instinctive. We do want to be instinctive. Instinctive triage is a good thing, but we want our instincts to be biblical. Sometimes our instincts are not always biblical, and we want them to be. And so as we are intentional with this study and intentional with examining these concepts, it will sharpen our instincts so that we may be more faithful to the Word of God and be more mature followers of Jesus Christ the reality is, is this discussion is a necessary discussion. It's it's important for believers to have an understanding of these issues and concepts and principles, because on the one hand, we want to avoid unnecessary division, right? To individuals that have a, a difference of opinion on eschatological matters, you know, they may end up in different churches, depending on what church, you know, how an individual church teaches about those things. And uh, some churches, have different eschatological positions as members in the same church. There are other churches that have a have that within their doctrinal statement. Well, it, it may be an issue of, of where you attend church, but you should still be able to embrace someone who has a different eschatological position than you as a brother or sister in Christ, right? If they have a difference of opinion on the rapture, you should still be able to say, okay, we disagree on this, and I, maybe I don't understand how they get there, but they're still a brother in Christ because they affirm the gospel. Right? So that helps us avoid unnecessary division on that level. <laughs> and this can get even more silly even talking about music preferences. Oh, you like you know, this style of music and I like that style of music. Ah, well, yeah, we, we shouldn't be dividing over things like that. So it's it's helpful and necessary so that we're avoiding unnecessary division when we are applying these principles biblically and accurately. But second, it also helps us to avoid dangerous compromise, Right, there are many individuals and many groups out there that are compromising on key theological points of Scripture that Scripture is absolutely crystal clear on and even gives warnings about their denial. So I think of John when he writes, if anyone does, comes to you and does not abide in the teachings of Christ, you have nothing to do with that individual. Right, that's a significant issue, right? That's a big deal. Well, if there's that level of importance that's placed upon those doctrines, and if we're compromising on those things, that's very dangerous for us as individuals. It's dangerous for our own spiritual lives and our own spiritual health. But it's also dangerous for the individual who has a difference of opinion on those things. If they're denying the deity of Christ and we're saying, Psh, you know, that's no big deal. We, you know, we can compromise on that issue. Well, that's, that's spiritually dangerous for that other individual as well. And so we, we don't want to go there. We don't want to have dangerous compromise. We want to avoid that. And the way that we do that is by being intentional about how we think about the various doctrines that Scripture has revealed. Different people have approached this concept of triage in different ways. I've used some of the different language already. Uh, there's people that approach it, you know, from, uh, I remember one individual used the, the open hand versus closed hand kind of conversation to the taxonomy, if you will, open-hand issues, those that, hey, you know, we can have our Christianly debates about these things, and maybe I'm wrong, but, you know, I can change my opinion, and it's, you know, maybe it has some consequences in some arenas, but ultimately I'm still a believer, versus closed-hand issues, those are the foundational issues of the Christian faith. If I'm denying or neglecting one of those, I'm actually not even a true believer at all right so there's open hand versus closed hand some people use the language of essential versus non-essential and the meaning with that is that there's some things that are essential for the gospel or essential for salvation and those are the the core things and everything else that's non essential that's not essential for salvation and there's different doctrines that maybe yeah yeah we they're important but they're not essential for salvation Jeremy and I have been very careful about avoiding language of essential versus non-essential. We believe that all truth that God has revealed is important and is essential, because otherwise God wouldn't have revealed it, right? God's not going to give us something that's not important for us to understand. But we do recognize that there are different levels of importance, and there are some things that are of first importance, like we read about in 1 Corinthians 15, and there's other things that are of secondary importance. And that's kind of how we begin to see to break things down. We like the language of primary versus secondary. Some people use the language of tiers or orders or levels, first tier, order, level, or second tier, third tier, et cetera. Well, the, the goal that we want to bring to the table with this is we really want to be biblical with our categories and biblical with how we break things down into the categories in which they belong. And so the only way to do that is to open up the Bible alright let's, let's open up our Bibles together. Let's look at what the Word of God has to say. Are these categories that we're talking about, are they even biblical categories? Should we be using this kind of language? As we look at individual doctrines, how, how do we know that they fit into the categories that they fit into? Well, we do that with open Bibles, right? We, we look at the Word of God and we see what the Word of God has to say about these doctrines, and then we can categorize them appropriately. And so we want to be biblical in order to strengthen our faith and to strengthen our walk with God. We want to grow in maturity in the faith. I think of Ephesians 4, where Paul says that, that we all want to be growing into mature manhood in the faith. Well, this, this process of theological triage or doctrinal taxonomy can help us move us towards maturity in the faith. But again, I, I mentioned the concept of, of instinctive, instinctual versus intentional. We really do want to be intentional through this process. We don't want triage to be something that we do accidentally or or instinctively without biblical basis we want to be intentional so that we can sharpen those instincts well, if you have not uh, already looked at the chart, I encourage you to do that. Uh, pull up dotheology.com slash chart. Look at that chart. Give it a read over. Uh, look at the different principles. Look at particularly at the top of each column where where there's the principle at play and, and the different scriptural texts. And look up those texts and see what those texts have to say. Because that's going to help us as we continue to move through these episodes together. That's going to help us. The more familiar you're, you are with the chart and the principles at play, the more helpful that's going to be for our conversations as we just sit down and and go through these things together as you're sitting there listening and as I'm talking through the issues. uh, The more familiar you are with the principles, with the chart, the more beneficial and edifying I believe this is going to be for you. You'll notice that there are primary divisions. So there's the primary column, the secondary column, and the third column that we call doubtful things. That's based off of uh, Romans chapter 14, verse 1. Uh, In the New King James, it says, I charge you not to argue about doubtful things, right? Uh, So that's where that language comes from. But then even within those columns, in the primary and secondary columns, there's subdivisions. Uh, The primary column is broken down into gospel, dogma, and practice. And the secondary column is broken down into worldview shaping and methodology. Well, I'm going to explain why those divisions are how they are, the principles behind those things, and then, Lord willing, as we continue to move through this, I'd like to Take each column individually and say, all right, what are the principles at play? How do we develop this column? Is the category that that we are developing with this column, is that a biblical category? And then I'm going to have an episode on each individual doctrine within each column saying, okay, what does the Bible teach about these things? Is it right for it to be placed within this column? One of the questions that Jeremy and I often receive is, you know, how, why do you have such and such a doctrine placed in such and such a column? Well, I'm going to be providing our rationale for why we have things the way we have them. Uh, There's sometimes there are individuals who disagree with why we have placed things where we have placed them, but, but I want us to be clear and I want us to be uh, intentional again about why we are thinking about things the way we are. And uh, so through this conversation, we'll get into all of that. So that's what's ahead. We're going to look at the biblical principles of each category. We're going to examine the biblical basis for each category, and then we're going to look at each individual doctrine and examine them uh, for where they belong on the chart. And then I hope to end each episode with uh, just a short, brief uh, exhortation for practical application for that individual doctrine or the things that we discussed. And so that's where we're headed. And uh, before I before I kind of end this portion of the podcast, I just want to read a passage of scripture for us because you know we have our goal, we we know what we want to accomplish. Well, I think of what Paul wrote or in in yeah, what Paul wrote in 1 Timothy chapter 1 as he's writing to Timothy and he's encouraging him as a young pastor. There's a text here that is very pertinent, very relevant to this discussion. Paul writes this: I urged you upon my departure from Macedonia to remain at Ephesus. So that you may instruct certain men not to teach strange doctrines. So there's men coming into the church, and they're teaching what Paul says are strange doctrines. And they're not helpful for the church, he says in verse 4. Nor pay attention to myths and endless genealogies, which give rise to mere speculation rather than furthering the administration of God, which is by faith. There are things that these individuals are teaching that think conversations that are happening, arguments that are that are happening. And it's not helpful for the church. It's not beneficial for the church. It's, it's harming the church. But Paul says in verse 5: but the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. That's what I want these episodes to accomplish as we move forward together. I want the goal of the instruction that you are hearing through your earbuds, your speakers, through your RSS feed or on YouTube. I want the goal of this instruction to be love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. What we're doing is really the concept of we're doing theology. And when that, that uh, terminology was chosen for our podcast, it was intentional. There was an aspect of the concept of doing theology where you know, sometimes theology is is often very heady and it's intellectual and we have knowledge and Paul says in first Corinthians or second Corinthians chapter eight that knowledge puffs up, but love edifies, and so we don't want to just be so puffed up with our knowledge that we're not of any use and benefit for the church of god no we want we want our instruction to produce love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. That's what we wanna see built within our own hearts. That's what we wanna see built within the hearts of you, our listeners. And so I just encourage us on that level as we think about the concepts of theological triage and doctrinal taxonomy, that this is not just merely an intellectual process. Uh, We're doing this so that we can do theology, so that what flows out of our hearts and what flows out of our lives as we live the Christian life, as we interact with other brothers and sisters, as we interact with other people who deny the faith and are not followers of Jesus Christ, that we can have appropriate conversations with them on the appropriate levels so that we may grow, all of us, into mature manhood in Christ. So that's that's our goal, and that's where we're headed. Mm Well, as I move through these episodes, I would love to be able to recommend to you various resources for further study if you'd like to learn more about the particular doctrines which are being discussed. And the book recommendation that I have for you today is The Inspiration and Authority of the Bible by B.B. Warfield. Now, there's a few interesting details about this book. B.B. Warfield did not set out to write this book. This book is actually a collection of various lectures and essays and things that he wrote over the years, and then it was compiled together. There's been different editions of this over the years. Uh, this particular edition that I have has a introduction by Cornelius Van Til, and uh, Cornelius Van Til is a very wordy individual. There's a little bit of irony there, where the introduction is actually longer than any other individual chapter within the book. Uh, but in, And sometimes Van Til is a little bit difficult to chew through, uh, if I'm being quite honest with you. Um, but B. Warfield's work in this book is really second to none when it comes to the concepts of the inspiration and authority of the Bible. Uh, Warfield, obviously he examines the, the text that we're all familiar with when it comes to the inspiration of the Scriptures. Uh, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God or is God-breathed. And so that's a very common text. He, of course, deals with that. But he also examines many other texts that we would not typically think about in the context of the inspiration of Scripture, but it's very relevant to the conversation. So even things like passing statements that we look at and we just kind of gloss over them about well, the script where the New Testament is talking about the Old Testament and it says, the Scripture says, or uh, when the, uh, the prophets in the Old Testament says, thus saith the Lord, you know, things like that are significant when it comes to the conversation about the inspiration of Scripture, about how we end up with uh, this book of God's Word. How do we end up with these 66 books, etc., and the inspiration that is there. So he gets into all those things, he gets into all of those texts, and it really does a masterful job bringing it all together. And what is most important in this discussion and the reason why I'm recommending it today in conjunction with this episode, which is really an introduction and a foundational principles kind of episode as we approach this conversation, I'm recommending this book because the reason why we are studying these issues, the reason why we're going through this process of examining theological triage is because we do have the Word of God. The Word of God has communicated truth to us, and we want to understand that rightly, and we want to live as God has instructed in relation to others around us who may have differences of opinion with us on a variety of matters and issues. But it begins with this presuppositional uh, belief, this presuppositional understanding that the Bible is the Word of God, and therefore, because it is inspired of God, it does have authority for us. We're not free to make stuff up. We're not free to deviate from the Word of God. It has authority over our lives, and so we must submit to the Word of God. We must submit to what His Word has to say, and so uh, this book by B.B. Warfield is an excellent resource for us. As, as you just think about the concept of the inspiration and authority of the Bible. The Bible has authority because it has been given by inspiration of God, because it is literally God-breathed. It is His communication to us. And so that would be an excellent resource that I would encourage you to pick up and read, and I hope it would be edifying for you. <laughs> Well, I do thank you for listening and maybe watching if you're on YouTube watching this today. I got a new setup, right? This is a new a new thing going on. I've got a new camera that's a little bit nicer quality and I got my lighting situated a little bit better. So it should be a little bit of a better viewing experience. I'm grateful for the Lord's provision for those things. And, um, yeah, I just encourage you, if you have any questions, if this sparks questions or sparks uh, dialogue, feel free to reach out to me. Show at DoTheology.com is how you can get in touch. I'm on Twitter, uh, at Ken Chipchase, and Ken is spelled with two N's, K-E-N-N, so you can look me up over there as well. And, yeah, I'd love to interact with you about these things. You know, with this new format, with the Do Theology podcast, Jeremy, of course, has the Do Theology experience, which is long form conversations with individuals. Very enjoyable. I really enjoyed that first episode with Matt Slick. Of course, we have a variety of differences of opinion with Matt Slick, and a lot of that came out in the conversation with Jeremy. Uh, but just an excellent conversation and very enjoyable and enter- entertaining as well, if I may add. Uh, d- it's just it's great, and there's more content like that coming from Jeremy. My episodes are going to be a little bit shorter. I, you know, as we break down these things, they're going to be focused on one individual topic mostly at a time. There may be times where I add in, you know, a section on, you know, this is a topic of interest that maybe I've been studying or just kind of reacting to something that's going on in the world a little bit, and just giving my thoughts about. And uh, so you can expect to hear that maybe tacked on to the end of an episode as well from time to time, as well. Uh, so that's kind of a little bit of what's going on. Uh, there will be times, Lord willing, when Jeremy and I will get on together and have joint episodes again. That's not over with, right? That's not done with, at least as far as I know. it's In, in, in our planning and in our mindset, uh, that's not something that we've completely abandoned. Uh, but just for the time being, because of our schedules, things are the way they are. And we're grateful that we can be producing content that we hope is edifying and helpful while pursuing interests that are of interest to us and um, yeah just allowing for the flexibility with our individual schedules so thank you again for listening and usually i close these things out by saying something like until next time jeremy does his thing but he's not here nevertheless i still expect you expect you to do theology until we meet again